There's no denying it. We are in some strange times. Sometimes it seems as though the COVID-19 pandemic controls our day-to-day livelihood. And I guess in a way it does. Over the last year, we found ways to work past it, like teleworking, social distancing, virtual meetings, cursed and blessed by the times we live in. Loads of uncertainty and not enough answers to go around. But we'll get there because we have to. I'm Master Sergeant Andy Sinclair, and this is the Maniac Radio Show, episode 49. We've brought in Dr. Dan God, the Wing's full-time flight surgeon and provider. He's part of an elite team of professionals and experts down in the medical group, and they've been tasked with an unbelievable and historic mission, vaccinate the maniacs. And guess what? They've been doing just that. Dr. Gott, thanks for joining us. Can you fill us in? Tell us what's going on. Well, one of the things that's a large priority right now is because of the pandemic, um, we're trying to keep all of our troops as safe as we can. Um, We need to be able to be there to serve the needs of the country. And in addition to that, to do that, you need the manpower and people not out of work because of illness. So there is a big push at this time to offer this COVID vaccine to all our service members, um, really in an effort not only to keep them and their families well, but also to preserve our resources to be able to meet our mission needs that we have. It's like you already have your uh, your command messages and everything all, all lined up in your head. But for me, that'd be a lot of ums and ahs and ah. Uh, well, wait a second. Um, so so uh, so what's you know from your opinion or from your perspective, what's that process been like for you guys? Um, it's very busy every day. Um, you know, we're we have approximately a thousand people in our unit, um, and out of those, we currently are at about forty percent in terms of those that have already received their vaccine. Um, it's a lot of scheduling. It's a lot of coordination, uh, not only for the members, but also being to, able to obtain the vaccines. Um, the vaccines aren't all kept in one place. And depending upon the vaccine type, uh, there's a lot of work that you have to do to acquire it. Uh, all of these vaccines have specific parameters that they need to be kept at for their cold chain, meaning they have to be kept at certain temperatures. So some of our vaccines are located off site where they have freezers specifically made for this. And once you take them out of the cold chain, they all have requirements that are there that we need to get them into people within a certain amount of time. Additionally, given that the vaccines come in vials, they come in vials of either six or 10 doses. So every time you open a vial, you need to immunize six or 10 people with that. So we've been left on a number of occasions hunting down people, looking for just one extra body or two extra bodies to give it to simply so that we don't have to waste one vaccine anywhere. Yeah, because probably I would imagine for you, for you guys, the end goal is to get as, ma- as many people vaccinated to be to stay fit to fight, right? I mean, sure. I mean, we'd like to be able to get this to as many people that are interested in the vaccine um, because of its emergency use authorization. It's not a mandatory vaccine for us right now. It's all done on a voluntary basis. However, given the results that we've seen from the vaccine and its effectiveness, which is really 94 to 95 percent effective. I've really encouraged as many people as can get this to do so. I really will reduce the amount of burden that this has on your family. If it isn't even for the service member who is likely a healthy person, because in general, for being in the military, most of our folks are generally healthy. Even if they were to contract COVID, the likelihood is probably good that they would fare fairly well with this. The hard part is that 
it, their families also matter. They may have people at home that either have autoimmune problems or other chronic illnesses. And very many of them have parents who are probably getting older. All of these people are also at risk if they were to get COVID. So this is really a way of protecting not only the member and our ability to maintain our mission, but it's also a way of protecting the members, family members as well, um, and extended family who could all potentially do far worse than the service member if they were to get this illness. So it's very beneficial really for everybody involved. Is it still voluntary or is it or is it mandatory if you're deploying? How does that work? Well, there, it depends on where you're going. There have been some deployments where the, the receiving units have said that you need to have the vaccination in order to go. Um, again, this is so that they can preserve their forces. They don't want to have somebody bring something to them that then can infect their troops over there. So there have been some places that have been making it mandatory that people need to be vaccinated in order to deploy. Um, other parts of our units, it also impacts as well. We have several groups on, on base here where a lot of our members naturally have to work in very close quarters. It's just part of their job. And if you work in very close quarters with other people, you really don't have the ability to space out or to use a separate office. While those things may be a luxury depending upon where you're at, there are just by the nature of what we do, some areas you have to be close to each other, uh, which is going to increase the risk of spread. And so having this vaccine in place to really reduce the likelihood of that spread is really important. Um, and it does have a great effectiveness rate. So uh, knowing that there's that benefit there and the li likelihood that it's going to significantly reduce spread to other people um, is really significant in the benefit that it can have for us. So other than the uh, the long hours and the, uh, the, the extensive planning and the uncertainty of everything, what, what, what are some of the challenges? that you and your team have kind of faced with this whole process? So one of the concerns that some people have is that this virus or this vaccine seems rushed. Um, the, the companies that have been making this have actually been working on this technology for over 10 years. And the, the fact that we had this novel virus present, this was really a great opportunity for them to use this technology that's been out there for something that we needed a fast answer to being able to treat this. And they just simply had to have the right technology at the right time that was going to fit this, that what we needed to do. Um, the, the scientific background of using this and how it works is nothing new. It's honestly, it's very simple cell biology is how it works. Um, it's just in terms of being able to get this out to the American people as quickly as we could, they went through the same phases with the FDA that they would normally have to for getting a, a vaccine fully certified. Um, they have to go through, there's like a, a multi-phase process. They've been through multiple phases in doing this. The only pieces that are left at this point are some of the longer term studies. Um, while those obviously can't be completed because longer term hasn't happened yet, just our knowledge of what the vaccine is, how it works and how it works in your body, there's no, there's no reason for us to feel that this is going to cause a problem. And that's the best that we can do is speculate that based upon how it works. Um, but there isn't anything out there that looks like this should be particularly concerning for anybody. It looks like a very safe product. The, the vaccination itself, does it or does it not shield you from getting COVID-19 or does it just reduce your, your symptoms? So the way that the vaccine works is that it, it basically is inducing an immune response and priming your white blood cells to be able to go after the COVID virus if it sees it again. Um, and the way that it does this is basically by exposing your body to the surface protein that's on the COVID virus. You don't actually get the virus itself in the vaccine. All you get is a very small snippet basically of what this protein looks like 
like your body then makes white blood cells that make antibodies that flood your body and are there just waiting for this virus to come along. So what it does is both of what you mentioned. So number one, if you happen to get the COVID virus and your body sees it, it's going to go after it very quickly. So the fact that it's going to contain this and then let your immune system clean it up and get rid of it means that the likelihood of you becoming sick is extremely low. Additionally, because it's going after it so fast, if you're a vaccinated person, it's also going to be very unlikely that this is going to spread very much either because the way viruses work is viruses can't self-replicate. They require us to make more virus. So as we get a virus it goes into our cells and that's how it begins to replicate is within our bodies and then the virus gets released from the cells that you then spread to other people well the fact that you're going after this right from the start means that you're not going to have as much virus circulating in you to be able to get into cells and then replicate so this should significantly cut down the likelihood that you could spread this to somebody else because you have to actually make more virus first and they like i said they the virus doesn't have a way to replicate outside of us so it requires our bodies in order to do that but if we're going after it very quickly with our immune systems which are already primed with the vaccine it should significantly reduce the likelihood of spreading it or offering that back or offering that virus to somebody else i haven't heard it explained that way before it makes a little more sense now that's cool so is that is that similar to how the flu virus works like you know how like when i get the flu the flu I'm sorry, the flu vaccination. Sometimes I get it and you start feeling a little icky after or whatever. Sure, it's it's similar to the flu vaccine. So one difference that you have between the flu vaccine is that typically the flu vaccine comes in two different varieties. You can, the most common one that we have is basically an inactivated or attenuated vaccine, meaning that what you get is they actually give you a piece of influenza that has been genetically changed so that it can't infect you. So basically they, they would call that either attenuated or weakened vaccine vaccine um, and but you're actually getting influenza that's given to you in that way um, these vaccines that we have for covid are different because you're not actually getting the virus at all all you're getting is the messenger rna that codes for a surface protein on it there's absolutely no way for you to get a covid illness from the vaccine just based on that um, so but your body's response to it is really the same thing your body's going to respond to something that it recognizes as foreign and you're it's going to prime those white blood cells basically to put out antibodies and make them the one thing that we don't know at this point is you know we have better knowledge with the influenza virus because we know that the strains change every year and we also know that our, our immunity wanes every year so that's why we have an annual flu shot we know that that's going to go away after a while we don't really know what's going to happen with covid yet so we don't know whether this is going to require an annual booster maybe uh if there are going to be different variants the annual boosters would probably be much similar to the flu shot where we will have you know several different strains in one vaccine that it will cover all of those so but time will tell with that we we're not at the point where we have enough information to know what we're going to need yet all of the people that were study participants for both of these vaccines that are out what they're doing is that they're monitoring these people and they'll keep monitoring them for years they're going to measure the amount of immunoglobulins that they have against this virus so that they can track and see when do they start to lose their effectiveness and and these were all of the people that were very first in line getting this so as we watch what happens to these people over time and learn what goes on we'll get a better idea of when we would need to give somebody a booster if needed or what you know what's the next step at that point Uh, but our volunteers that went ahead of everybody else to get this they're really going to be the folks that will let us know what we need to do as our next step 
perfect. In your opinion, what what uh, is there is there anything as a, as a guard member or a service member uh, that I should be afraid of in, in regards to the COVID nineteen vaccination? We really haven't seen many problems. Um, out of all the people we vaccinated, we we prepped because of some of the news stories about people having allergic reactions and problems with the vaccine. Uh, we've been very fortunate in that we really haven't seen that. Um, there, the the small group of people that seem to have had some trouble on the outside, at least out of our environment, are people that have possibly some really significant allergies. So if people have anaphylaxis from things such as a certain medication or peanuts or something like that, um, those those people have an immune system that seems to already be somewhat overactive and there could potentially be problems in some of those people in receiving the vaccine. Um, it's probably best that they just work closely with their provider when they're doing it and make sure that, you know, you have resources and supplies and, and equipment available in the event somebody were to have a problem. Well, we rolled out all of this equipment with every time we gave vaccines, we never had to touch anything. Um, the most common things that our members seem to get is they don't have any trouble getting the vaccine, but typically about about 10 to 12 hours after they receive it, uh, most people will develop at least some sort of an immune response with it, which generally is some fever, chills, body aches, um, which lasts possibly 10 to 12 hours and then seems to fade after that. And that's been a very commonly reported symptom with this. I certainly got that with mine. Many other people did too. Um, it's not fun when you have it, but it is fairly short-lived and goes away, um, but doesn't create any lasting or ongoing problems for anybody. And we all get those symptoms anticipating drill weekends. You know, it, the, pretty much. The, the week leading up to it. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, we've told people just, you know what, I mean, if you need to, a lot of people just plan to take the day off afterwards, just knowing yeah. they're going to be a little down and drained and you know, it's, if you got to do it, that's what you have to do. But, you know, it's probably better to take that one day and be down than it is to have to get an exposure and now potentially have to be out of work for two weeks because you happen to be in the same room or on a bus with somebody that had a known case. So um, it really allows you to be able to continue working to do what you need to do, not use up all your time and, you know, and be able to be there for the missions we have to do. So kind of shifting gears a little bit, but what do you and your team need from us? What can we do to help you guys out? I think the biggest thing that we need here on base more than anything is, and this is why I've done some stuff with public affairs with this, a lot of it is dispelling a lot of myths about the vaccine. Um, you know, we are honestly, we're doing better than the general community. Um, our, our vaccination rate here is now over 40%, approaching 50%. That's better than the community at large, which I'm very proud of and I'm really happy that our members are welcoming this and getting this done. We do certainly still have a significant amount of others that need to get it done as well. Um, this is compounded it is being difficult for a number of different ways we have i mean being a guard unit we have a lot of people who work full-time not doing this so a lot of them you know, are at work they're not taking time out of work to come get it hopefully as we continue to off this offer this over drill weekends when they're here we'll have more people be willing to take it since they'll actually be here but because of the pandemic we have a lot of folks that haven't been here um, our schedules have all been changed and moved around just for safety purposes so the the usual group of people that we're used to seeing every drill we just haven't had. Um, and, and I think the other thing that's going to help too is that now that we've had about half our people get this, just as the people that are a little more contemplative about getting this see that everybody else is doing fine from this, that's going to be a positive reinforcer as well. Um, you know, I know that there's probably certain people that have more fears than others about the vaccine, but it, and the, I think in their mind, it's like, well, I'm going to let somebody else try it first. And, yeah. and I get that. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense. Um, but there have been plenty of others so far that have tried it first. And, and from what we're finding, people are doing very well with the vaccine. Um, you know, it, it, the other thing to keep in 
in mind is that I think that there's a very good possibility that, you know, as soon as the vaccine is no longer under emergency use, all the vaccines will eventually proceed through the normal pathway of gaining full certification. There's probably a very good likelihood that in order to preserve the safety and health of our members, that just like all of our other vaccines that we need for the jobs that we do, this could very well become a mandatory vaccine. So it may be just delaying the inevitable anyhow in terms of having to receive this. But, um, you know, whether mandatory or voluntary, everything I've seen about it looks very good. It's the most effective vaccine I've seen in my career in terms of efficacy. Really? Um, yeah. 94 to 95% effective at preventing severe illness and, um, and over 90% effective at even preventing minor illness. So it, it's very effective in what it does and seems to be very safe as well. I've heard uh, that the flu vaccination is like, what, 60, 65? Probably about 50 to 60%. Really? Um, and, you know, the studies that they've done with this vaccine, when I watched them present this to the FDA and watched as the studies continued on from there, even after your first dose, about 12 days later, which is about the time where you would now have antibodies to fight this, there were virtually no cases of severe illness whatsoever from COVID. So it seems to work amazingly well. And again, you know, that we extrapolate the data in terms of determining, will this cut down on spread? There's every reason to believe that if, if, you know, if these antibodies that you're making are going after this quickly, it should have a significant impact on spread. And hopefully someday, you know, with enough people getting immunized and having this virus start to sort of slowly disappear out of the community, hopefully it can allow us to also return to some of our normal ways of life that we're much more used to than what we're doing now. Um, because I think everybody is getting tired, growing weary. We, we want to go back to at least if it's a new normal, a better normal than where we're at. And I do think that this vaccine is certainly a huge step in helping get us there. And, you know, and, and it's kind of interesting, too, that, you know, when we look at our data that we have with everybody doing these extra measures that we've been doing, including the masking, the distancing and whatnot, that this has been a year with the lowest flu rates we've ever seen. So it's it's really good to know that all of the interventions that we're doing, the vaccine isn't certainly the end all to all of this. I think it's a really big part in terms of being able to get people protected. But all of these other measures we've been doing, both with masking, distancing, rotating schedules, everything that we've needed to do to try to keep our people at work has worked. I mean, we have a great track record here on base, especially um, particularly compared to the general community. Um, the, the commanders out here have made an amazing effort at trying to coordinate their people and do the best they can to keep everybody safe, keep them at work as best as possible. Um, we have some people working from home because they're able to do that. Uh, pretty much everybody's pulled out all the stops to be able to keep the mission rolling forward despite the pandemic. And I think that our unit has an excellent track record for doing just that. We've continued to do the job we need to do despite the pandemic being there that has seemingly shut down so many other operations. So um, certainly hats are all off to everybody here at the base that has done such a great job with that. Is there anything you'd like to add, sir? I don't think so. If there's any other questions, um, I'm certainly available through the 101st Medical Group. Um, if somebody just needs things explained better or they're curious about something they heard, um, any rumors and myths that we can dispel with this, I think offers the ability to make a better choice for each person on exactly what's right for them. I appreciate it, sir. I appreciate your time. And th thank you for, uh, for coming up and educating us all. Sure. Thanks for having me today. All right. So there you have it, folks. You've heard it from the source. Hopefully that clears up some questions as to how the virus works, but more importantly, how the vaccine works. 
Dr. Grout has more than 22 years in the field. That's 22 more than what I have. Remember to reach out to him if you have any questions about the vaccination. I'll leave his contact info in the description below. Thanks again to the doc for spending time with us. I have a feeling he's not joking when he says he's a busy guy. A big thanks to he and his team for all they've been doing throughout this pandemic. Pretty remarkable. Drill is here. The Air National Guard Command Chief, Chief Williams, wants to meet the maniac, so he'll be here over the weekend. If you get a chance to hear him speak or to say hi, be sure to take advantage of that opportunity. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff by searching 101STARW. Check out the recruiters' pages as well by searching Maine Air National Guard Recruiting. Like and follow them. Come on, please, let's go. Oh, by the way, the Maniac Radio Show is on Spotify now, one of the world's largest podcast platforms. If you have Spotify, be sure to head over to the page and click that follow button so you don't miss out on all the info. Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, three big platforms. Pretty cool. Stay safe out there. Stay ready. Okay, bye.